Hi everyone, I'm Elise Marsh and I'm your host here on the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast. I believe the journey to becoming a parent allows each of us a glimpse into the heart of a creator who so desperately wants you to know just how chosen, designed, called, and beautiful you are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. I did a hard thing this week, a super hard thing, something I didn't want to do, but I knew I needed to. Have you ever just forced yourself to do something you knew the Lord was encouraging you to do? Something you knew you just had to get done. And now I'm on the other side and I'm alive. I'm okay. I didn't die or throw up. Aren't you glad? (laughs) I know. I thought I might though, seriously. But I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm pushing myself over here. And I pray you are too. It's not easy. No part of it. It's actually really hard. But doing things you know will benefit your grandchildren in the future is important. Because our lives are not about us, our hurt, our pain. It's not just about how we feel. Our hurt will affect our babies. It will affect how they relate to their spouses. It will affect your grandkids, whether you know it or not. And I know I'm jumping into a territory that is way above my pay grade, so to speak. So just hang in there with me for a minute. But generational sin is a big deal. And I want to be the mom who runs to her junk, looks it square in the eyes and says, Okay, crap, get out of my life. It's time for you to move over. Get up and get out. We all have hurt. I know I do. And I know you do too. We all have baggage, grief, pain, and craziness in our life. It's what we do with it, my friend. It's what we allow the Lord to take away that matters. The Lord will do so much with what you invite him into. I promise you that. And what I want you to hear me say today is that it matters not only for you, my friend. It matters for you, your family, and for your generations to come. Let's be a generation that does the hard thing, the God thing. Because here's the thing, our God is always going to be about reconciliation, restoration, and healing. He is always going to want those things for us. We just have to join him with him and fight for it. It's a fight, y'all. It so is. But I know you can do it. This last weekend, I was attending a birth and at about the 18 hour mark, and guys, this was, this was a long one and ended up being super long. I asked my clients who were first time parents, I was like, okay, guys, now that you know what you know, what three things do you wish you would have known before you went into labor? And here's what they said. They said, the first thing was, I wish I would have known what exactly the hospital staff was going to do. The role of the nurses and providers in the hospital setting is so different than I thought it was going to be. So here's the deal, my friend. Can I just tell you right here, lay it all out for you. The primary role of the hospital staff is to keep you and your baby healthy and safe. If an intervention is needed, they will see it happen safely. They will be monitoring your labor progress and step in if they feel like an intervention or a medication or whatever it is would be helpful or necessary for you in your situation. The nurses and providers will most likely not remain in your room with you the entire time. They probably won't. I don't know that I've ever seen that happen. I've been around birthing people and birth long enough to know what most people believe that the nurses and providers do will not be the things that happen. Those are the things your doula will do for you. The hospital staff is not there to be your advocate. It's not that that's bad. It's just not their role. It's not their role to be your emotional support or your informational support or to help with comfort techniques and coping strategies. That is your doula's job. And hear me, this is not a bad thing. The roles are just very different and it's super important that you understand that. So the second thing they said was that they wish they would have known just how hard this whole process was gonna be. And these guys in particular had some extra challenges, but I think the point is that labor is hard work. No matter who you are, no matter if you want 
all the pain meds in the world or you want an unmedicated birth. Whether you have a scheduled induction or you go into spontaneous labor, labor is exactly that. Labor, work, especially those first kiddos. They're going to make you work for it. The cool thing is that you can do it, but you have to prepare. Do not wing it. You cannot wing this thing. This isn't a high school speech. This is the birth of your child. You should not walk in with the attitude that you're just going to see how it goes. Because the truth is, it probably won't go that well. So the third thing they said was that they were just so glad that I was there. They were so thankful they had a doula present at their birth. And friend, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. Because truthfully, I can't attend everyone's births. I can't attend all of your births. But... I can help you prepare. I can help you find the perfect doula for your needs. My sweet client just kept saying to me, I have no idea how people have babies without doulas. And you know, I would kind of agree. So friend, all that to say, I've created an online childbirth class for you to prepare and plan for the best possible birth experience. Your birth is waiting for you. It's going to be awesome. It so will be. Your preparation will never be wasted. It will only help you. You are so, so strong and so capable and your baby will come out. And I want that experience to be incredibly empowering for you. I'd love to join you in your pregnancy journey. If you'd like to find out more about my online class, head on over to yourbestbirthcourse.com and enter the promo code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at checkout for $50 off of the cost of the course. Today on the show, I chat with my friend, Selena Frederick. Selena is a mama, a wife, a blogger, an author, and a talented photographer. She loves traveling horses, her family, reading, and young life. Selena was born and raised in Puyallup, Washington. She graduated from the University of Washington with a bachelor's degree in arts, media, and culture, and a minor in education. Selena and I went to the same high school, but we didn't really become super close until I started dating my husband, Jeff. Um, And they have been such an incredible, vital role in our marriage, in our lives, and in friendship. I have years and years of memories with Selena and her husband, Ryan. I'm so thankful for this friend I get to live my life with. Community and relationships are a gift from God, and I thank the Lord so often for this friend. I can say my marriage would not be what it is and my life would look so differently without Selena in it. So I am so excited for you guys to hear from her today. Here we go. All right, Selena, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to to be here. Me too. (laughs) I'm excited to sit with like a real podcaster. Like you're a podcaster. This is so fun. You get it. And I love it. Love it. Okay. So obviously, you know, we've been friends for a long time and I know you, but tell our listeners, what do you, what do you want our, my listeners, I guess, to know about Selena Frederick? What's your life look like? How'd you come to be where you are right now? I am 35 years old. <laughs> I guess I'll Woo! start there. Um, we have two little girls, uh, Adelaide and Clementine, and they're about four and a half and almost two. And I've been married to Ryan, my husband, for 15 years this year, September 6th. That's and awesome. The big yeah. one, five. Do you guys I have know. plans for your anniversary? I think we're going to try to go to Hawaii, but that's, you know, after. Oh, and yes. Okay, yes. great. Yes. Duh. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you guys have a little invite there, of course. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fun. So, yeah, no, and you, I know, Elise, you and I know each other mm-hmm. through um, our school. We used to go mm-hmm. to school together. You were in the same class as my brother, and yeah. uh, just a lot of history there, a lot of just same friendships, <laughs> yes. same same circle of friends, and um, yeah, we grew up in the Northwest together, and then Ryan and I went to college, we got married, and we moved to Southern California for about five years. Um, and God just kind of, I feel like God rebuilt our foundation during that time yeah. um, in our marriage and our beliefs and just about who he, he is. And that was a really formative time, I think, for our marriage. Yeah. And um, it is where our blog started, our Fierce Marriage blog. Totally um, awesome. where that was birthed was in California along with our firstborn daughter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and 
that was where, yeah, everything we felt like kind of God was like, okay, these are the beliefs that are wrong and I want to write them in you and I want to show you who I am and what I want to do in your lives. And he really had to kind of break us down and tear everything apart to be able to kind of literally like remove you from your situation. Literally. Yes. Very geographically, literally. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just remove us from the situation and uproot us. And um, he's so faithful like that, right? He's Mm -hmm. so faithful to just break some things in us in order. He's, he's not afraid to like allow us to be wounded in order for him to be able to restore and redeem and heal us in such a, a rich and real way. Um, and there's, there's so much joy to be had on the other side of him teaching us how, what it means to live intentionally, you know, and on mission for him and uh, how to <laughs> raise our kids and why it's important that that is a focus, you know, and why that's a priority to us. It's not just having kids to have kids, but right. there's a whole discipleship aspect about yes. it. I love it. You guys are so great about that too. I, you know, oh, thank you. I get, to, <laughs> I get to see you a lot and walk kind of in the day to day with you, with you guys. And you really are just intentionally discipling your thank children you. to be followers of Jesus. And it's so evident. And yeah. man, I love that we about try. you. <laughs> yes. You. Okay. So what's the Ryan and Selena story? Like, obviously, you know, everyone may not know, but you guys, you know, have spent a lot of years together and you've come a long ways. And obviously you have this platform of, of marriage that you feel called to, um, share Jesus through and just tell us like, what, how did, how did this come to be? How did this evolve? Like, tell us about your marriage and relationship and how you guys got to be where you are right now. Well, we met in school. He came to visit, uh, one day and I, didn't really notice him, to be honest. That's the and best, though. That's good. <laughs> he said that <laughs> he said that his heart dropped through his chest, or he felt very. He, he thought I was very pretty, and he thought cute. you were hot. <laughs> he thought I was hot, and so he visited, and then he came back the next year, and his mom was the principal of our school, and I didn't know that. I just really liked his mom, and I don't know. We kind of built a relationship, and then Ryan and his mom and I did, and I didn't know Ryan was her son, and all the girls were like, oh, Ryan is so sweet, and I'm like, who's Ryan? What are you talking <laughs> So just <laughs> silly girl. He came back after a summer. I think it was our sophomore year, and he just back from football camp braces off his hair's all like one you're like i'm looking extra buff and my teeth are straight who is this guy and uh so yeah we kind of started talking he was interested in another girl at the time i'm sure i was interested in another guy but anyways long story short we eventually got together and started dating and started being boyfriend and girlfriend and okay how old were you we were 17 16 17 love it so it was good times. And we spent two years in high school dating and we went to two separate colleges by the advice of our parents, which I think was great advice. It mm-hmm. was great. Had two years experience kind of just on our own a little bit, still together, but, you know, a distance apart. Right. And then um, we got married in the middle of our four years and finished up our last two years of college together, being married at the ripe old age of 20 and 21. <laughs> yes. And then we waited intentionally to have children for a while. We thought we would be ready at six or seven years in, but that came and we were like, no, we still want to, we still want to play a little bit, I think. So yeah, we waited to have our first child until about 10 years in a marriage. That's awesome. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of history in there. Do you guys want to, do you want to share kind of the story of being overseas in Switzerland and Ryan and his heart and all that? Yeah. And like, but I want to hear like your side of that. Like, how did that you know, from your yeah. perspective, like being a new wife and being in another country. I had gotten this job as an au pair and a, a groom. So at this private equestrian, like horse riding facility. And they had a four-year-old little girl. And I got this job after college. So we graduated, packed up all our stuff, put stuff in our parents' garages, and just flew off to Europe. <laughs> flew See off you later. to Switzerland. Yep. Deferred student loans and said, all right, we're going to go have a European adventure here. And... um so we flew to Europe, flew to Switzerland, Zurich to be exact, to a little town outside of there. And I, Ryan was sick the whole time. And we thought it was just kind of finals week and just, you know, no sleep, coffee, just all the wrong things to try to keep you going, you know. And he was just not feeling well on our flight over. And we thought, okay, well, 
once we get there, he can rest and just need to get there. Right. And I'm having all these like dreams of riding these big, beautiful horses and galloping <laughs> in fields and all these things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sick. Like, we'll help you feel better. You know, this is, this is a year about a, almost some two years zinc. into our marriage. <laughs> yeah. Take some zinc. You're good. So, you know, you're super young, you're super naive, super just like the world is going to be fine. Once you get better, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we got there and he was actually really, really sick and he got some medicine from a doctor and then he was not able to, he, he, re, he felt good for about a week and then the medicine ran out and he relapsed. And so he got incredibly sick. He had really high fevers, um, shaking uncontrollably because he was so cold and so hot so he walked to the doctor very pathetically in the rain uphill, like three miles, <laughs> wow. and um, he asked for help. And there was a new doctor there looking at his chart because the other doctor was gone on a holiday, which it's by the grace of God that there was this new doctor looking at his chart. And he looked at it and saw that his white blood cells were crazy off the charts, listened to his heart, looked at Ryan, listened to his heart again, and was just like, there's something very wrong with you. He heard a murmur, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so they moved him to the local hospital where they did, um, you know, a car echocardiogram, and then they did the sonogram and looked at his heart and everything. And um, he'd had a growth on his mitral valve, a bacterial growth that was like flapping around. Uh, it was about almost two centimeters long and if it had broke it would have caused either a clot or an aneurysm it was I mean literally he was on death's door and mm. we had no idea and so they moved into the main hospital in Zurich uh, tried to treat everything with antibiotics for about a week and then they said we've got to give you you've got to go under the knife you got to have open heart surgery and he's 21 at this point wow. uh, 21 years old so what were you thinking when you know you're 20 and Right? Are you twenty yeah. at that point? You're twenty. I was, I was twenty. I think I was twenty-one, almost twenty-two, and I was just, I was like, uh, okay, you have to have surgery. Um, okay, how much is that going to cost? I think our international insurance will cover it. <laughs> Emmy, you're so young, so yeah. young, and so not aware of everything that is happening in his body around mm -hmm. you, and like. We're foreigners, right? We're right. not on the socialized medicine system or medical system there. And so they're like, you need to pay like $50,000 right now. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, what? We're college students. We just graduated. We have no money. Like, It was really challenging because I had to navigate being like mm -hmm. harassed by these people at the hospital for money that we didn't have. Right. Try to like figure out how to be there for Ryan. Like I love him. He's my best friend. And it's, you know, he's super easy to be around. I just need to... Um, how do I, you know, I just need to be there for him. Just give him what he wants, do whatever I can to help him and love him. And so we just kind of, I don't know, we walked through it and my mom's a nurse. So she's like always been very level-headed through things mm -hmm. like this. And I think that was helpful for me in this situation. I felt pretty level-headed. I think it's also by God's grace that we were able to do this. Like I was able to kind of walk through him, walk through this situation with him and hopefully be a place of strength for him and safety but then looking at your life, like, okay, I just got married. We're, sp we're supposed to have a long life together. And, like, he could die. Mm -hmm. And there's a possibility that he could die. I don't know if they were sugarcoating it. I don't think they were. I think we were just a bit ignorant. But it was just – I was like, well, he could die. Like, there's a chance he could die. But he's probably not going to. You know, right. just the naive 21-year-old thinking, it's right. fine. He's just going to go. He's going to have surgery. We're going to have to recover. Like, it's going to be this long thing. But, you know – open heart surgery and they weren't just like cutting like by around around his heart they cut into his heart like wow. god just i feel like his grace was just over us and sustained me and sustained mm -hmm. my mind and my heart for that time and being able to just focus on him i mean of course ryan's parents flew out and were there for that whole for the surgery and a few days of recovery but then we needed to stay there for a few more weeks you know yeah. and it was scary. It was definitely scary. And uh, a bit of the unknown, a bit of, am I going to have to like take him home in a box? Am I going to have to, do I get remarried? What does this look like? You know, I mean, he's writing so last letters kind to of people. Yeah. Thoughts like a, in, yeah. in, right in, as you're waiting as he's in surgery. Absolutely. You're kind wow. of in this like, okay, is he going to, doctor going to come out and say like, I'm sorry, or is he going to be like, okay, he's in recovery. You know, it's mm -hmm. just kind of like, and I remember just listening to worship music. I remember praying um, and just sitting, this was before like real, I think I had 
we, I don't know if we had smartphones then. I don't think we did. Yeah. So I think I had like a CD player or something or like an MP3 player. Yeah. Just listening to worship music and just talking to God and like trusting him, you know, and, and mm-hmm. as much as you can. Again, like looking back, I think I did not have as much angst as I would today right. as a mom you know? and yes. being married for 15 years and yes you know and that was probably just a little bit of a blessing too in that season selena absolutely i think it was god's grace that i was a bit naive to some of the situation and right. my faith kind of felt like some blind faith i think in some ways mm-hmm. yeah so i so you know obviously we know ryan comes out of surgery surgery and he's healthy and you guys stay in Switzerland for a little while longer um you know fast forward kind of coming home and then in that transition what was that season like leaving Switzerland being home in the states um how did your marriage change after that whole process I think that was the that was one of the hardest times in our marriage to be completely honest because you know anesthesia does something to people. It's it's hard to get out of yeah. the system and the amount that he was on, I think it took a long time for it to come out of his system and he, you know, we walked through all those questions of why God, like we mm-hmm. we felt like we made all the right decisions, we said and did all the right things and now he has open heart surgery. What the heck? Like mm-hmm. so he was he was definitely facing these huge why questions with God. And I was facing the questions of why is he being such a jerk to me right now? Yeah. You know, he was, he was not the person I married. It felt like he was a totally different person. He looked the same, but he acted completely different. Wow. We literally celebrated our two year anniversary on an airplane ride home from Switzerland hmm. back to the States. I'm just like, I don't know who this person is. Like I'm trying to serve him and help him and love him and figure out what does a wife do in this situation? But I didn't, I didn't really know. And I was getting, you know, I was fighting off bitterness and anger in my own heart because I'm like, I can't be mad at him for you right. know being sick and walking through all this. I just, but I don't really know how to walk through it all with him, you right. know? And so God just, again, gracious to allow us to kind of walk through that together, but also have like our families around us, I think, mm-hmm. to support us and help us get some clarity. You yeah. Know, Did you have more. mentors in that season that were really kind of guiding you navigate some of those big emotions? I wish. <laughs> You're like, dang it. I think, yeah, I think honestly, it was a lot of just our parents, to be yeah. honest. They were they were there and they were able to kind of shed some light and perspective, you know, just my mom being a nurse and some of the physical stuff and his parents, mm-hmm. being, his dad being a psychologist, yeah. you know, we kind of uh, were able to just kind of lean back into them. And so fast forward, you guys make it to California. You mm-hmm. kind of gone through you know, some seasons of refining and really stripping away kind of thoughts and beliefs and, you know, really understanding what informs your beliefs and, and your faith in the Lord. At Mm -hmm. what point did you guys, you know, start thinking about, okay, we're ready to, you know, have a baby? Was it a conversation or how did that go for you guys in that season? Yeah, it was definitely a conversation. We had had it before when some of our other friends started having babies and, one Ryan wasn't quite on board I was like let's have a baby and he's like I don't think we're ready we don't really have a place to live you know things like that yeah you know it'll be fine it'll be fine just have a kid um so Ryan is very wise and in the way he plans so I was very grateful for him in that situation so we yeah we just kind of felt like we were in a better place and we're ready to jump on this bandwagon and (laughs) yeah it really just I think it was a conversation and then we didn't know you know you don't know how long it will take Mm -hmm. and I had been like off birth control for a while because we had stopped using that pretty early on in our marriage and then I just you know I wasn't sure how your my body would respond again to things and it took us six months and that you know that's kind of a hard thing I think to do when you have all these expectations you know you're ready to have a baby Mm -hmm. and have a, have a little, a little nugget in there and it's like not happening, you know? So, um, that, that was a little bit difficult, uh, I think, but we just kind of persevered and we're like, okay, well in God's timing and you know, six months later there was some blue lines on the stick. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, this is awesome. This is so cool. I still remember um, when you guys told us you were pregnant. I was like, they're pregnant. It's so fun. 
um, which is weren't so you? Cool. You were very pregnant with Monroe. Yeah, I was. Well, I would have <laughs> very been. Pregnant. I'm, you know, six months ahead of you. About so. Yep. Uh, yep. With with uh, Monroe and Della. So, yeah, I was like, they're pregnant. They're pregnant. I know it's coming. This is so fun. <laughs> I was super stoked. So, what was um? Kind of give us a brief summary of your birth with Della. Like, what what are the are the yeah. highs and lows? You know, I didn't really know what to expect. I. My mom had come down for Thanksgiving. We were in California, and then Ryan had taken her to the airport that night and gotten back. And I had fallen asleep on the couch, so tired, you know, just being yeah. nine months pregnant, ten months pregnant, whatever. Thirty nine weeks because mm-hmm. she was a week early, so I was very. But you know, you don't. It's your first baby. You don't really know what to expect. And you know, I went to the bathroom and I was like, "Hmm, this seems a little bit more than normal." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. So I gave the nurse a call, and she's. You know, what does it look like? What's going on? And I said, I don't know. She's like, why don't you just go in? Might just be good for you to go in. And so I remember walking out to Ryan saying, okay, don't freak out, but I think my water broke. Yeah. So I think we should go to the hospital, like trying to be very level-headed about it. Right. And as as we were driving, I started feeling contractions a little bit more. And it's funny. I don't know in my head, for some reason, I thought contractions were like up high, like oh, okay. up on your ribs for some reason. I'm like... No. Why are they so low like that? Yes. I, for some reason, that was just mind blowing to me. Yes. But um, <laughs> that's a good thing. We want to feel them low and in the front. Yes. Yep. And that's where they were. And I was like, okay. And I started kind of watching the clock and seeing how far apart they were. And I was like, oh, yep. It's a good thing we're going to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> My water had definitely broke. I got to the hospital and they put me in triage. Um, and they said, okay, you're at a, you're at a two right now. So why don't you just walk around the hallway for a little bit? So Ryan went to get our bags. Cause we just kind of rushed in, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he went to park the car, get our bags, all that kind of stuff. And I walked around for about 40 minutes and, um, <laughs> I'm falling over with contractions. I'm like, what if I fall over? I see nobody in these hallways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a baby with no one here. Um, so it was really, really painful. And I was like, can you please check me? Like asking the nurse, please, can you check me? And she's like, oh, you're at a six. Good. Okay. We can admit you now. And I'm like, oh, thank the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we got in and, um, they were, they gave me, I was going in with the mindset of an epidural. So I, you know, I got in there and they gave me a little bit of drugs to kind of wear off until the anesthesiologist could get there. And then he gave me an epidural and I was able to rest for a little bit, which was really great. And then uh, it was time to push. It was about arriving at the hospital to having the baby. It was about 12 hours, almost to the to the dot. That's Water amazing. breaking. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's yeah, fast was... for a first time <laughs> mom. That's so awesome. At 39 weeks, you got all the gold stars. Oh, man. It was hard, though. Pushing was almost like two hours. And I was like, I don't think I, I don't know how to get a baby out. Like, <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> totally. Totally. But I'm like, I just, I feel like nothing's happening, you know? And yeah. they're like, nope, you're doing great. Like, just keep it going. I think that just, you know, being a first mommy, first time mom, you don't, I didn't know what to expect. And so I just was like, is this feeling right? Is this what's supposed to happen? Like right. you watch the videos, you do the birth classes that were, my birth classes were terrible. I <laughs> wished I could have had some Elise Marsh birth classes online when I wanted to watch them at my home. Oh, <laughs> But instead we had to go to an office, a cold office with people we didn't know and talk to a really weird lady so oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> so there's I'm a lot so of unknowns sorry. despite those birth classes yeah <laughs> um so yeah and uh we had little Della was what we call her Adelaide is Della we had her and she was a good good healthy baby and That's she awesome. came out strong and um she didn't, didn't poop for the first day or two so that was kind of an explosion when it, it did happen <laughs> but for you yes just waiting for that one yeah and you know just figuring out nursing and all of that and just what it's like to heal you know walking through that and oh man there's a whole whole lot to it that I did not know about what do you what do you wish you could have known in that season that you felt like you didn't know I wish that I could have known more of like how to push and Mm -hmm. when to push I wish I could have known like how to nurse better. I felt, I I remember feeling a little defeated, like when I would try to, try to pump uh, and nothing, there wouldn't be much coming out, but it's like, you know, a day or two in. So your milk hasn't fully come in or anything like that. And so 
Um, but I was really grateful for, you know, friends like you, I think you were just, you were starting your doula training mm-hmm. at the time and just, you know, being able to have friends like you guys and say, how do, is this okay? Like I haven't yeah. had this much milk and I don't know, you know, cause I think that's, it's at that point where you either decide to like do formula or for me, it was anyways, yeah. for me, it was a point of decision. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep nursing. I could do it. You know, like, yeah. And it all worked out, but I think that was probably the hardest part was just adjusting to that. And, and then, you know, as time goes on, making your baby the priority and not your prior life and your prior commitment that was pre-baby, you know, it's like, no, this little person, although she's very new to us, she's very special to us. And a lot of other things are going to have to go on the wayside and people that don't have kids may not understand and that's okay. And I had, you know, there's a lot of insecurities Mm -hmm. and things you kind of have to deal with in terms of transitioning from uh, no kids to one kid. Yeah. um, It's a big adjustment. I think, especially first time moms, there's this transformation of who you are, where you really like, you know, the maiden essentially like the, the, woman you know Mm -hmm. this the non-mother woman like she almost like she dies she she is no longer and it's like this new person is birthed and it's the the mother is birthed and it's like it sounds kind of weird and eerie when you say it like that but it's almost no but it's so true that's absolutely true it's like this person who you know, lived for themselves or maybe lived for their spouse or their significant other now is Mm -hmm. living for another, an additional person. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like, you know, we could get into this whole thing, like, yes, there's self-care and take care of yourself and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. We know that when we preach that a lot, but it's almost like your worldview, your your perspective and your, your eyes have been opened to see the world in a different way. And it's that, you put this person first because you love them so much. Um, and you know, of course your, your spouse too. And and there's that whole kind of piece, but it's almost like this, the person you were before is no longer. And Mm -hmm. it's this beautiful. And sometimes there's some grieving in that, in that Mm -hmm. you are, you're letting go of Mm -hmm. the past and who you thought you were and who you once were. And you are, um, becoming a new person and it's a beautiful person and it's a beautiful thing. And you get this new perspective and this new way of life. And, um, yeah, I agree. New desire. Totally. Totally. It's an, and I remember, I almost remember it to like the moment I decided like, I'm going to step into this, you know, like you kind of, again, you lose that person a little bit of, okay, I'm not, this is my baby. Like I am a mom now. And what, what does that look like? You know? And, I mean, my family was pretty affectionate, but I don't think as affectionate as like the way Ryan and I have decided to be with right. our girls. And that was a bit of a transition for me too, mm-hmm. is just, okay, we're going to be affectionate. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to love you. And I want this to continue. And these are decisions that I want to make right now and commit like to you, mm-hmm. my baby, like my life, my husband, and just these things. And yeah. it was a transition, but it was definitely full of joy once I decided to step in it and not try to keep one, you know, one leg in the single life or yeah. the pre-kid life, not single life and yeah. one try to be a mom. It's like, just, just embrace it. Just and jump in. Totally. It's totally worth it. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So you guys were in California, you have this new baby and obviously you have an incredibly successful business and blog and, you know, you're an amazing author and you guys are doing <laughs> so many incredible things. It's like, at what point in that season was Fierce Marriage really birthed? It was actually the year before we had Della, well, she was born December 2013, and we had started Fierce Marriage that January 2013, like the before. So uh, a lot of things were birthed, I think, in 2013. Yeah, Yeah, it's a big year for you guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, it was it was definitely growing still at that point. I think we had you know maybe a couple a thousand or so maybe um, (laughs) on you know the Facebook page and social media stuff. Everything had just been birthed and started to grow. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. I love that. And then you guys, thankfully, so excitingly, decided to move, um, you know, back home to Washington. Yes, yes. Um, you felt the call. You answered the call to come back. It's a to, hard one um, to ignore. <laughs> yeah, the Pacific Northwest, which we were so excited about. 
you guys are, you know, working on your marriage and your blog and, you know, obviously transitioning to motherhood. And then, you know, here comes baby number two with our, our sweet Emmy. So yeah. how was that? Was that birth different than Della's? Was it better, worse? Like, what are your highlights of your second birth? I feel like it was, I mean, it was literally the time was cut in half. I had her in six hours, like front to back. So I'm like, if we have a third, am I going to make it to the hospital in time? Like (laughs) third babies Um, are wild cards though, you guys. Okay. So second babies, they're usually pretty fast about half the time of your first birth. If you weren't induced third babies though. They are wild cards. They can be longer <laughs> than your first birth. They can be extremely short, much shorter okay. than your this second. So it can really go either way. We don't know what's going to happen. Third babies can do weird things. You just got to <laughs> hang on tight and be alone for the ride. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, having, you know, being pregnant and having a second baby, you know, it's just kind of all the pregnancy with also a little like toddler running around or preschooler almost she was almost she was two and a half Della was two and a half when we had a uh, little Emmy um so you have all the the energy and in the child and you're just kind of like trying to survive a little on some days <laughs> you know yeah. yeah it was it was a great decision obviously to have another baby and God was good we got it's always right a away. good decision right away baby <laughs> and uh, Emmy was that I remember that night of sleeping right before I was like, gosh, my back hurts way more than normal. And I know back labor was just starting to set in. Um, you know, and I got up out of bed at 6am and my water just broke right on the floor right there. It was like out of a movie. And you're just like, all righty. All right, we're doing this. And my husband, Ryan was at the gym and I tried to call him and he didn't have his phone on him. So I had to call the gym and they, they said, are you Ryan? And he just drops his weights and walks out of the gym. He's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> he knew That'd what was going me. on. <laughs> so um yeah we got you know got to the got to the hospital in a good amount of time and um I think I don't remember what I was dilated to I, I probably a three or four or something like that and they got me in and you know got we got another epidural because that's just how I was rolling yeah <laughs> and, you know then started pushing I did and this time around actually I didn't use I used a midwife at your recommendation and I really enjoyed that I did not feel at all like I was unsafe or you know and coming mm-hmm. from somewhat of a medical family I just wanted to have my baby in a hospital but mm-hmm. I was really grateful for the the midwifery <laughs> just yeah it mm-hmm. was great she was very personable I felt like we knew each other and it was a much more uh, familiar environment, Mm -hmm. I would say. And she was, you know, she was talking me through some stuff and different positions. Whereas before with Della, it was just like, no, you have to stay on your back and do it this way. And I'm like, but I don't feel like I can, you know, I don't know how to do this. And so um, just a little, I knew more of what to expect, but I also had like a partner sort of with me also along with Ryan, of course, but somebody who's done, does this many times a day, you know, whatever. And she could just kind of lead me through, okay, let's do this. Let's breathe in this. And so it was a much more, I feel like confident experience, Mm -hmm. um, for me. And I really, yeah, it was, Emmy came out healthy and she just did everything right away. Nursed right away, pooped right away, just all on time. She actually arrived on her due date, which is kind of crazy. And then, you know, there's just the whole transition of the older sister understanding what a new sister is like and that she's not leaving and, you know, she needs a lot of attention. So there's a bit of a transition there and, but they really are, I mean, when it's good, it is good between them, you know? And so, yeah, God's just been very cute together. I love that. I agree. They are so <laughs> cute together. And I love I love that our kids know each other and that are close yeah. in age because I know Ryan and Jeff, so your husband Jeff and my husband Ryan, they got saved together yeah. as like young teenagers yeah. and they've been best friends for decades. Yeah. And it's so sweet to see our kids becoming friends. I mean, Monroe is one of Della's closest friends and then Indiana Buddy as yes. he is known. Yeah. Emmy prays for him literally like every night. <laughs> yeah, so all of cute. you guys. I say, who do you want to pray for? Buddy. Buddy. Alice. Yeah. Ro. Yeah. Uncle Jeff. So she's yeah. like, she, I just think that is just the best. It's, it's pretty such special. a sweet gift. Yes. I know Monroe calls Della her sister. She goes, I have three sisters. <laughs> so Reagan is my sister. Della is my sister. And I have a sister, Nev, and she's not born yet. <laughs> like, oh, girly. Oh, <laughs> Mama's got to do some work to do on that one. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so fun. So fun. Okay, so looking back, you, you know, you've been married, you're an experienced mama, you know, you <laughs> you guys have an incredible ministry. What do you feel like the Lord has really taught you in these these last seasons? Was maybe one of the hardest circumstances that you've had to walk through that the Lord's really just revealed himself to you in a new way over the, over these last few years? Honestly, I think the hardest, some of, one of the hardest circumstances we face is writing this this book of fierce marriage. You know, pursuing uh, pursue each other in light of Christ's relentless love. That's the fierce marriage book and title, and it's been a journey. You mm-hmm. know, I think it took us a long time, but it's you know when you start writing a book and sharing Jesus, the enemy doesn't doesn't always approve. <laughs> he doesn't sure. like that, and so yeah, and so a lot of things that could that you did not foresee going wrong go wrong you know on the peripheral Mm -hmm. of of like family uh family issues and conflicts you know an extended family that are affecting your relationship with your close family you know things like that and friends getting sick and maybe even dying things just crazy things happening um you know cars breaking down things going wrong with house things just all the things that could really unanchor you from Mm -hmm. the mission and the things that God has called you to accomplish that those are for me the just the unexpected but it's also such a faith building time as well um I think that's kind of what our our part of what our trials are (laughs) just to build our faith and remind us that you know we are anchored in Christ and I think for me one of the big things that he's continually teaching me is who I am because I think who I am in him and because of him because uh I think my personality I like to please people a lot and I want to yeah, it's hard. just be okay with, I'd rather be a, a peacekeeper instead of a peacemaker, you know, a peace. I was listening to a podcast and talking about peacekeeper is just one who like pacifies and wants to keep the peace and doesn't want to wound or hurt anybody. But a peacemaker is one that's willing to wound in order to um, reconcile and have healing and love being able to love someone well by, you know, allowing wounds to happen or, whatnot and walking through that and so within the context of you know both being believers and christians and in the body of christ and so i think that's that's been a lot of you know what god has been showing me is okay this is this is who you are you're not who that person thinks you are you're not who however they see you this is who you are and that's come through being a wife that's come through being a mom you know those first relationships those first discipleships that's where i feel like god has said this is who you are, and I I don't want you to be afraid to to, to show that. that to the world and be that, yeah, and and walk in that, and live in that, and even if you know your family or your friends at some level don't agree with it, like just keep walking, just just be faithful, you know, to me, and I I will take care of you, you know, mm-hmm. and I will sustain you no matter what your bank account says or no matter where, you know what you have or what you don't have. I am, I am your God. This is who you are. This is the mission I have for you. Like live in it, walk in it and delight in it. Yeah, no, I love that. I think it's, it's so funny, you know, talking to a lot of different people and, you know, friends or, or whoever. And it's like, I think so many of us think we don't really have we don't really have a whole lot of gifts or this person over here has this great gift or Selena, she has this amazing gift and she's this blogger and this author and she does all these amazing things. But, you know, what is my thing? What is my gift? And it's so Mm. funny because your friends or your family could be like, oh, no, I can call out your gifts pretty easily. But Mm -hmm. in your own life and in your own world, it seems like it's so hard for us to recognize that and to to speak that out. Mm -hmm. And I love I love just being the friend that says, nope, I'm going to call that out in you. Yes, Mm -hmm. you have the gift of hospitality. Yes, you have the gift of generosity. Yes, you have the gift of communication. Because I think it's so hard for us to recognize our own gifts and talents and the things that the Lord has really given us. And I think that's just the enemy that likes to come and twist it and distort it and say, oh, no, 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 that's not. That's not for you. Right, right. Or you're not really, I mean, a lot of, I think what I get is you're not really that great of a speaker. Like see how you fumble through your words or you can't keep thoughts together or, you know, you don't really write that well because, you know, these are all the things that are typically Mm -hmm. wrong with how you write and, you know, just kind of Mm -hmm. poking at what I feel like God has, not that I 
I haven't really ever had an ambition to be a speaker, but I feel like God is definitely like rooting that gift and growing that gift a little bit here and there. Totally. But I feel like I've always loved to write. I remember writing as a young kid and they had young authors and in this little program at our school and I, I wrote books about horses, of course. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and I loved to write. I've always loved to write and I feel like God has just brought that full circle. It's always been like a desire in me and it's been so wonderful to have the privilege to be able to do this um, and struggle through it. Like, it's not just like you sit down and write and, oh, we're done. You know, yeah. it's just, it's a constant faith builder. It's a constant, am I understanding God's word correctly? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I love that, Selena. So what would you say the Lord's really doing in your heart, like today in this season of your life? What's kind of, what's the Lord speaking to you right now? Yeah, no, um, Honestly, this this year, uh, God Ryan and I decided, okay, what's a word that we are gonna like? We feel like God is yeah. just kind of impressing on our hearts, and for me, ha- it's been delight. Uh, oh. Ryan Ryan likes to joke that his is bamboozled. <laughs> this is my <laughs> husband. See him saying, <laughs> "There's a lot bamboozled. of bamboozled, bamboozled." Yes, <laughs> a lot of variations and definitions for that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyways, mine has been delight, and God has been so gracious to layer back all the meanings that are behind that and what mm-hmm. it looks like to delight in Him and how delighting in Him forms my desires yeah. and how He gives me those desires because I'm delighting in Him. I'm delighting right. in His ways, how I can not check off the boxes of doing these things yeah. or accomplishing these things, but delighting in the process of, you know, step one, step two, step three, and understanding it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, this life is not a, a box to be checked, right? right? It's a it's an experience. It's God's gift to us, I feel like, in a lot of ways to bring him glory and to bring the world hope, you know, through Jesus, but through sharing Jesus. And so again, there's so much that goes along with that word that he's been teaching me. The abundant life that the Lord has for us. Yes. It's like how do we access and how do we live that abundant life? And that, yeah, no, and I feel like that's what he's taught me in terms of like delight. Like no matter, mm-hmm. like even if life is crazy, your kids are just having a, such a hard week, right? Yeah. I can still just delight in him, delight in the people that they are and know that, you know, this is a hard time, but it's a it's an opportunity for me to show them Jesus. It's an opportunity for us to grow closer together and just walk through learn what it means to walk through some pain and hard times and discomfort, you yeah. know? And that's okay. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Definitely. That's so Delight. good. Okay, Selena, switching gears. What is like what is one thing in this season of your life that is like changing your life? It could be a book, a show, a clothing item. I, I'm going to say, I'll just say podcasts. Okay. I have not, I have been jumping on this podcast wagon. Like there's no tomorrow. And so, okay. So two things I got to take that back to, okay. but podcasting, okay. listening to so many different podcasts, um, trying to get some solid perspective and hearing, you know, what other people think that aren't me or maybe not yeah. in my circle, but mm-hmm. also love Jesus. So there's been a ton of different podcasts that I really enjoy and learning how to like love God with my mind. I tend to overthink things a lot. And so um, understanding what that means, how can I glorify God in this situation? The other thing that is just a super tangible thing is mm-hmm. the app, that app Voxer, because oh, yeah, I, I feel Voxer. like it is such a great tool for moms with young kids. It <laughs> so is. I feel so connected to my friends because I am just talking to them quickly. I'm not having to wait for the phone to ring and like right. leave a message. It's like, I can just hold the button. I can talk. I can re-listen to your message and hear, you know, what's going on in your heart. I can hear your voice. We can talk about things that we wouldn't talk about over text because it's so it takes so much effort. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and it's been it's been a game changer for me and the relationships because I just I don't have time to text all my friends. I don't no. have time to like reconnect all the time and have playdates like with life can. Just and then be you forget. Busy. I'm like, oh I forget. yeah. <laughs> oh crap! For sure. <laughs> Not for text sure. you back. For sure. And Voxer, I'm like. Ah, oh, here she is. Oh, I'm so glad this is going well. Oh, I wonder how this is. And you know, you can just yeah. kind of reconnect with them. So I feel like Voxer has been quite the tool for my life. I love in it. The, the recent uh, couple months. <laughs> so fun. Okay, podcasting and boxing. Um, okay, and you and Ryan have an awesome 
podcast, Fierce Marriage Podcast. Everyone needs to go listen. We'll make sure we link to that. Um, <laughs> so you guys have this incredible, you mean, we've been talking about this incredible ministry of Fierce Marriage and a book that you guys have written. You've written a few books and you're writing another book. Can I say that or no? Yeah, we're, yeah, it's, I mean, it's in the beginning stages, but yes, we have another book to write for our publisher. And we're so excited. We have another book we need to write. <laughs> this summer, actually. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So share with the listeners, like what's, um, what are some ways that they can connect with you? They're wanting to just work on their marriage, be inspired, equipped, um, just get some, oh, I just love how authentic you, authentic you guys are and how you get people resources that are going to change their everyday lives. So what's hmm. some, what's some of the ways they could connect with you and your blog and your ministry? Yeah, definitely. Um, fiercemarriage.com is where everything kind of lives. And uh, we actually started two uh, smaller, well, not smaller, but two Facebook groups that are closed. Uh, they are not wives. smaller. <laughs> they're not smaller. <laughs> they're smaller than Fierce Marriage, but they're pretty big. Yeah. Um, but Fierce Wives and Fierce Husbands. And ultimately, the goal is to just kind of connect people a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and be able to talk about more sensitive uh, subjects and issues. Um, that is still growing and developing. You know, we try to do some prayer requests and praise reports every month and some introductions so we can kind of meet other people. I think it's been really encouraging to read what God's doing. Yeah. Um, it's also very challenging and faith building to see what's been happening in in, in lives and marriages kind of around the world really. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's been a super, it's been a joy to f- be able to facilitate. Um, yes, we have the podcast and we have the books. You can also, if you want to look at just the book that our most recent, you can go to fierce marriage um, And then we have two other, de- three other devotionals. One's two is one that you can read together. And then there's uh, two devotionals that are for him and for her. So like pursuing your wife, I can't even think of the name right now. <laughs> wife in Pursuit. Yep, right in front wife of me. in Pursuit. And then husband, husband in Pursuit. Yep. And it's a 31-day challenge, you know, for loving your husband well, loving your wife well. And there's some activities in there. And um, yeah, we did it. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Jeff and I have done yeah. both of the devotionals so together. Crazy. And it's like, it's kind of hard. I mean, it was. Like, not <laughs> hard it. because the tasks are hard, but hard because you actually have to like think of someone else besides yourself. Yes. Um, <laughs> which for me personally can be challenging at times. Um, but it's so good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, you're sweet. No, we, we did the challenge together with a group um, in January, the husband in pursuit and wife in pursuit. And it was challenging. Mm-hmm. I mean, reporting in kind of every day and you're like, Okay. Okay. This is uh we just had a big conversation yesterday and I think it went well, but yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's kind of just being committed to sticking sticking to that journey and talking talking through some stuff, experiencing some new things together and we actually had a couple share, a wife share that on there was there's kind of a brutal like honesty day if there's anything, you know, that you've kind of been keeping from your spouse or whatever. Um and she had shared that she had um committed adultery uh, wow. one night with some with someone else and she shared that with him and it had been some time had passed and literally they walked through it together they got counseling but i mean even very shortly after they hmm. you know got rid of anything that was an indicator of what had happened the, he had by god's grace like forgiven her and they are working through it and she came back with just praise reports of how they were how god was working in their marriage how they're Mm, reconnecting you know and i'm like praise god for Mm -hmm. his goodness and his power power you know like through just i don't know everything that he's doing so we just we just feel like along for the ride with what god is doing and we're so grateful to just be a part of it and be able Mm -hmm. to do what we get to do. So yeah, yeah, I think you guys have been so amazing at just being faithful to say, Hey, God, whatever you want to do, we're here. Um, and that's just so evident in your life and Ryan's life and your ministry is like, okay, Lord, like we're here, take us where you want us to go. And if, if one couple or, or one marriage, you know, is changed or different or saved, um, then it's worth it. You know, it's totally, it's God worth is good. It. It's so good. And yeah, 
I'm just so always so encouraged by you guys. Um, I right back at you, right back at you. I love you, friend. I so do. Um, So, you guys, if you're listening and you want some authentic, um, biblically based encouragement in your life, go find their podcast, read their books um, and their products. They've got some amazing stuff in store. Find them on Facebook. Join the Fierce Wives group. You guys will not regret it. It's an awesome, an awesome thing to add to your day. So, Selena, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. I love (laughs) chatting with you, friend. Always. Anytime we get uninterrupted time, people think I do this podcast for like, I don't know why, but it's really just. I really like it. I have so much fun with you, friend. Um, I I know that the listeners will be so encouraged by your words today. And I'm just, gosh, so, so thankful for you. Right back at you. And I get, I agree. I think podcasting is one of the best things you can you can do because we have uninterrupted conversations talking about Jesus and all the things yeah, in between. So and good. it's just a blessing. So thank yeah. you for God having, be the having glory. me. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. You have a good one. All right. Thanks, friend. All right, friend, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Isn't it so true how the enemy likes to come in and distort our gifts? Those incredible talents the Lord has placed in us. The enemy is just so good at getting us to downplay and discredit what the Lord has intentionally placed in us. The enemy is not dumb, you guys. He knows that when God's people operate in their giftings, lives are changed. So he's going to be the first one to say to you, oh, no, 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 you're not really that great of a podcaster. Your audience is too small to do anything for God. Lies from the enemy. So be the friend this week that calls out the truth in those around you. And ladies, people listening, fill your ears with the promises of God. What does the Lord say about you? And blast them. From here to kingdom come, you guys. I loved our conversation with Selena about delighting in the Lord and his desires for our lives. You guys might just see a book on that topic coming in the future. So keep your eyes out. But I pray you were so encouraged today, sweet listener. I also want you guys to go check out Selena and her husband Ryan's ministry, Fierce Marriage, right now. So go, 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 go. Right now, head on over to FierceMarriage.com. You can find their blog and resources. They have an incredible book that they've just written. It's called Fierce Marriage. It might just change your everyday life. You can find their book at FierceMarriageBook.com. They've got tons of stuff. Outside of being brilliant authors and so inspirational and so encouraging to couples all over the world. They have super cool rings, devotionals, prints to add to your home. We have their stuff everywhere, you guys. And yes, they are my friends. So I'm going to share about them. But also it does make a difference when you look down and you're like, you see that ring or you see that inspirational quote on your bathroom wall. It makes a difference. So go on, support their ministry buy their stuff. You won't regret it. Your marriage is too important, my friends. Did you know that the most important thing you can do for your kiddos is to have a healthy relationship with your spouse? Seriously, truly. There's actually data and research that proves that. I will link to all of the ways you can connect with Selena and Fierce Marriage on my show notes page. So head on over to elisemarsh.com slash podcast for all of the goodies there. Okay, one last thing for those of you thinking about gifting something special to the man in your life for this Father's Day coming up in just a few weeks. I think you guys all need to order a Crux watch for your man. These watches have top quality components, a timeless design, a two-year warranty, and 50%, you guys, 50%, that's a ton of the profits from every watch goes towards helping others. It's a win-win. So I will be sure to link to the Crux Watch Kickstarter campaign and go ahead and pledge and get yourself a watch just in time for Father's Day. They're beautiful. I want one for myself. Um, Jeff might get one too, but I definitely want one. So go ahead and check out the Crux Watch Kickstarter campaign. I will be sure to link to it all in the show notes page. Friend, I'm so glad you're here. 
I can't tell you how often I think about you and pray for you and hope you're encouraged by the words that you hear on this podcast. If you've been liking what you've been hearing, there's a couple things I would be so honored if you could do them for me. Go ahead, subscribe in your podcast app, wherever you listen to shows. I would love for you to hit that little button. Make sure you don't miss an episode. You can leave a review on iTunes. Whatever you want to say works for me. I would love it if you would just take a few moments and rate and review the show. That'd be awesome. I'd also love to connect with you on Instagram. So go find me at Perfectly Wonderfully Made for updates and photos and encouragement. Okay, my friend, I will see you next week. I can't wait to chat with you again. Praying for you, thinking about you lots. Have a great day. Friends, if you're pregnant or you maybe you have pregnant friends, I would love to tell you guys about my new online course. You can find all the goodies at yourbestbirthcourse.com. Maybe this is your first baby and you just have no idea what to expect. Maybe you're the wing it type that we've been talking about. You will get tons of resources and encouragement and evidence-based truth for you in that course. Head on over yourbestbirthcourse.com and check it out. Or maybe this is your third or fourth kid and you just want to watch something from the comfort of your own home after your babies are asleep in your jammies and go at your own pace. This is a great option for you. I would love to be that voice of truth for you and encourage you with evidence-based information throughout your pregnancy and birth experience. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask me. You can email me at elise at elisemarsh.com or connect with me on Instagram. I'd love to find you there too. I've also got a promo code for the course. It's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. So be sure to enter the promo code podcast at checkout. So excited for you guys. I know you're going to have an incredible birth experience. Mm -hmm.